TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome everybody, two guys at a mic, talkzone.com, the coach coming at you for the next uh, 57 minutes and 42 seconds, maybe we can squeeze in a few more seconds, we do it each and every Monday through Friday, one hour a day, five days a week, five, and Toto, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, uh, we're hoping to get him today, he might be able to call in, but uh, in studio today, what are you checking, the time? I, I, I wanted to make sure that you were right when you were talking about how many minutes we have. Yeah, well, I got, I got to it down to almost a second yeah, here. Well, let's stop wasting time. Now we're down to 56 minutes and 48 <laughs> seconds. In the studio today, our regular fill-in co-host, the pride if not the joy of the Daily Herald newspaper, Rusty Silbar Rustolium. How are you, my friend? I'm doing fine. I'm feeling good. I, I, you know, Especially for those people in the Midwest that don't realize we've been under snow for so long. It's so nice to have sunshine, melting snow, and thinking and believing. It Spring is, is around the corner. Outstanding, no question about it. Pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. Spring is right around the corner. Time to bring the baseball mitts out. Oh, by the way, we're expecting five inches of snow this weekend. Thank you very much. By the way, it's nice to see you're still wearing the red sweater, a little post-Valentine's hangover. I'm sure you and the uh, lovely wife celebrated a wonderful Valentine's Day with your 18 kids. Uh, I did have a good weekend. Excellent. I didn't make it as Valentine's Day. I thought of it as Valentine's weekend. Oh, nice. Because you got to remember, Valentine's Day fell on a Monday. Uh-huh. But you got to enjoy it from Saturday, Look Sunday, and Monday. Look at that. What a bunch of crap that is, but that's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful thought. Well, I'm assuming long, your wife is listening to the first 10 minutes As of long show. as she appreciated it, and I think she did. Mm-hmm. I mean, she got a, a nice vase, flowers, you know, a dozen roses I got her. Uh-huh. Very know, nice. Yeah. Got to be nice. very nice to do is that. A, uh, vase? Beautiful card. Or a vase. Uh, vase, vase. David Olson's our linguistic uh, grammatical expert here. I've always wondered. Is the vase? I always go with the vase. That sounds vase. much more worldly. You say vase, vase? A vase. Yeah. Is it Hawaii or Hawaii? Is it? Well, well, are we talking French here now? I asked a Jewish guy once. Uh, <laughs> when, when I, my one time I was in Hawaii, we got off the plane. I asked a guy, excuse me, sir, is it pronounced Hawaii or Hawaii? He said it's pronounced Hawaii. I said, oh, thank you. He goes, you're welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came in? I am so glad, I'll tell oh, you. Oh, goodness. By the way, one of the things we'll do today is famous Rusties. As long as we got Rusty here, Rustolium in the house, famous Rusties. Uh, we got Rusty Jones, the great um, cartoon advertising character. And since you're on baseball, you mentioned earlier. How about Rusty Stop? Le Grand Orange. Mm-hmm. Maybe my favorite Rusty of all time. But we'll throw it out there to the listeners out there. Any favorite Rusties in the world of sports, in the world of entertainment, maybe any mob criminals with the name Rusty. If you got a favorite Rusty, we got Rusty Silbar in the house. 888-463-6748. That is your conduit. Upon more personal sports conversation, dial it up. We'll get you right on. Rusty and the coach again with you up until 11 o'clock. 888 48, Rusty, I know you've got a lot of inside sources. You probably talked to people. They had their first training camp yesterday, Camp Quadic, for the Chicago Cubs. Other Major League Baseball teams as well. Any early spring training baseball uh, inside source, inside info you can give us? 
The only thing that... If not, make it up. I'll be honest. There hasn't been much going on with spring training. <laughs> not much. It's been quiet. Well, it's only been one day. I know, but usually you hear stuff, you know, that comes out before one day. Before they get camp going. Mm-hmm. Before the sun kind of hits these players out there and it's just too warm. Mm-hmm. You know, out in Arizona, by the way, which yep. is 75, 80... What was it, 80 degrees yesterday yeah. out in yeah. Mesa? they got to get used to that before they can come back and play uh, April baseball games in 35-degree weather. You never get used to playing baseball games at 35-degree weather, actually. Coach. That's and true. many players realize that, yeah. too. There, you don't a, warm up until June. There's a lot of sports where you can uh, play and somewhat enjoy inclement weather. Baseball, wonderful game. I love baseball. It just sucks. In cold weather. Right? Yeah. Yeah, It's bad for the umpires. It's bad for the players. Bad for the managers. Bad for the fans in the crowd. And even watching it, it's just not a quality game. It's one of the problems, I think, that uh, Major League Baseball has. The early start, the late end. Again, baseball, a phenomenal game. But not when it's cold and nasty out, which it is for a good part of the early and late part of the season. Uh, We did get one contract signing out of Chicago Cup camp, though, uh, Rustolium. Yeah, Carlos Marmel. Closer. Reliever, Cubs, mm-hmm. nice deal. Three years, $21 million. Wow. Seven mil for the first year, by the way. Slightly fr- by the way, I... Very s- much like your early dating life, slightly front-loaded. I signed the contract for myself, not for him. Ah. I'll never see the money. Interesting. Good move. Now, closers, you know, it goes. The pitcher's very dangerous to sur- sign any kind of long-term contracts. So Rusty Carlos Marmal was always a little bit shaky. He had great potential two years ago. He started to break out. Really, though, and I'll be a glass-half-empty guy, which is not my usual role here. Really, if you think about it, last year was his only rock-solid year where he was a dead-on, put-it-to-the-end, finite, por favor, closer for the Chicago Cup, right? Prior to that, You're he had some issues. Right. So one really good year? You're probably right, but he's been a consistent closer. Well, for the most part, there's been sometimes he's been erratic. He's lost his focus, his cool, his throw of that fastball. His, his fastball. You know, that fastball has gotten a little erratic where it's been off the plate. But yeah. most of the, I would say about 90% of the time, mm-hmm. he's reliable. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. Last year. I think in general. Wait, say that again. 90% 90% of the time, he's reliable. Oh, boy. I think prior to last year, I would take big issue with that. Why, would, would you think, think it's I, less than that? Yeah. Prior to last year, absolutely. Absolutely. What's I, your I would percentage? go more by about 65%. He's one of those, uh, all, he was one of those all or nothing relief pitchers, and he would come in sometimes and be just brilliant. And then other times, he got a three run lead. But I'll differ. Three run lead, just I, don't walk a batter, throw the ball over the plate, make him hit the ball, and he'd walk like five that, batters, give up a couple of hits. But that's always been a problem with Cubs relievers. They don't know how to throw strikes. They, they walk batters. How many times over the last few years have you watched a Cubs game mm-hmm. and you've seen pitchers just throw games away because they've walked batters? Mm-hmm. Too many times on my fingers. Yeah. I mean, Carlos That's... Marmel. I say Marmel, but it's Marmel. Maybe it's Carmel. I don't know. Is it Vase or Bus? <laughs> For that matter. But to, to be honest, I think he's the most consistent pitcher in the relieving court. Boy, there's a lot of... A lot of adjectives, a lot of terms I can use for uh, Carlos Rodriguez Marmal. Consistent never was one of them. Now, I agree with you last year. For the most part, he achieved that, and that's why he got the big contract. But, boy, prior to that, spectacular, uh, exciting, unexpected, uh, you know, tremendous variables on the up and down, but consistency. 
That was never one of his great assets. You never knew what to expect from Carlos. But he's the most consistent pl- uh, pitcher on that staff. There's no other pitchers that could step up to even match him or even contend for that spot. No. Not an Andrew Kashner. I would argue Ryan. Not Dempster. even a well. That's a consistency. Starter. That's oh, a starter. About bullpen guys. I'm talking about bullpen. I'm okay. talking about the man that's going to close the door. Well, Jeff Samarja is consistently bad. He, he's, you know, he's the most consistent Cub pitcher. I don't know what you do with Jeff Samarja. <laughs> I might say put him in a box and ship him back to Notre Dame. Tell him to play football because mm-hmm. I've not seen him been able to do anything as a starter, yep. as a reliever. Yep. I, I think he's on his last go. legs in Chicago. I think so. I think he's on his last baseball legs, period. It's been a rough go. Rough go for Jeff Samarja. And I think there's a, a country song that uh, was nominated for the Grammys. What do you do with Jeff Samarja? Somebody put that to an actual beat, I think. Did we hear that the other night? I think so. Was it up for an award? I possibly was. One of those country awards? Yeah, I think so. Country Thunder, by the way, July 21st to 24th. Just a sidelight. I'll be making an appearance there. I won't be singing. I'm not going to be featured, but I am going to attend. David Olson, if you want to, uh, my wife has already informed me she would not be caught anywhere near Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. But uh, I'll be going up there. I'll be looking for someone to hold hands with. If you'd like to join me on the train ride up to Twin Lakes, I'd be more than happy to uh, cuddle up to you. I think a big pass on that one, Coach, but thanks for asking. <laughs> you know, if you want, Coach, we'll dial up Taylor Swift, see if she's available. Uh, that would work. Possibly a Carrie Underwood. Little hey. Kenny Chesney, little Adelon Jackson. Get a little culture, will you, Rusty? Come on. Hey, well, who's the favorite these days? Well, country music? Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably not with it. The group that won the Grammy, uh, and I think David explained it, Lady Antebellum is somewhat. They kind of cross over a little mm-hmm. bit. They got a little bit of country twang to them. There's been a little change. I'm not a, t- a country buff, but I will say this the last couple of years within mm-hmm. them. I'm not sure it's Taylor Swift that made this the change over, and she's the one to do it. But last four or five years, the country's made a swing mm-hmm. back into the uh, adult contemporary area. The song that was nominated, I forget her name, and the song is called something like My Old House, where she goes back. It's a music video. Very cool. Oh, what is that? Nicole, I can't remember her name. You know lesson. what I'm talking about, though? Yeah. Where she goes back to her old house. Mm-hmm. It's a cool song, very cool video. That's, that's, that's solid. I think it won a Grammy Award. Best country song. It starts I think, with an M, I think, her name. I thought it was Nicole something, but I'm not sure. It's possible. You thinking Miranda Lambert? Yeah. Ah. Not Lambert, but Lambert? That could be Is it. it La- Maybe it's Lambert. I like that. Is I it Marmot or Marmot? I, I, I don't know. Marmot or Marmot? It's vase if it's, it's vase if it's over $50. <laughs> and believe uh, me, you probably saw that over the weekend if you were buying things for the wife. Nice to see David Olson keeping up with the show. Nicely done. One point for the producer. Very nicely done. 888-463-6748. We open up our uh, semi, if not fully dysfunctional sports show with a little baseball talk, spring training. You would have loved it, Russ. You got to check out yesterday's show. By the way, we do remind our listeners that uh, one of the nice things about you know, it's tough not being on the radio, but one of the advantages of doing an Internet show is all of the shows are archived. Mm-hmm. So, Rusty, you can go home tonight and tell your friends and family, possibly a few enemies, to listen to the show tomorrow or the day after. All you go is TalkZone.com, boom, dial it up, and it's, all the shows are right there for you. Now, do you need a, like a catalog to figure out which one to go to? No, David Olson, our producer, uh, is very catalog friendly. He's got it all set up. It's nicely done. But you would love yesterday's show where Joel... I mentioned pitchers and catchers have reported, Joe, how was your weekend? You know, the Cubs at Camp Quad, I'm getting all excited. And he just fired on the Cubs. Totally, he's a Cubs fan. 
but just totally disgusted. This is not our year. He's getting down. And I go, Joel, they're out in Arizona. They probably haven't even finished their first hour of their first practice. And you're already firing on the team and basically giving them no chance for the season. They haven't even finished their first practice yet. It was good radio, by the way. I will say this, though. Yes, sir. Not to back him up. Okay, there's not any expectations to be huge, but there's a lot of players out there early this year. I think they said at least 30 players out of the 40-man roster were there you know, within the first couple of weeks that they have to be there. That's a good sign. It is a good sign because they know that this year is important, not only for themselves, but for this organization. So they have to prove something because last year was a disaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, you lost your manager. You lost your pitching coach. Yeah, you basically lost a lot of, how can we put it, a lot, a lot of things that this town wanted mm-hmm. in the Midwest and Chicago. I, I agree. I agree. Is it is it just me, or do you get the feeling that for the first time in our life, Rusty, and my life unfortunately is a little bit longer than yours, but for the first time we can ever remember that the cubby love, shall we say, is significantly diminished the whole cute little Chicago Cubs, and I don't. And I'm a Cubs fan, so but but that aspect of Cubbydom, the love of the Cubs, the sentimental favorite, the whole thing, that seems to be dying off, and there's a, seems to be a severe skepticism. But I don't know if it's the Ricketts ownership in year two, but I think finally, maybe I'm wrong, finally the Cubby love is starting to fade. I don't know if it's that. I think it's the expectations that have been driven so high over the last decade. And because the Cubs may have lost that window of opportunity over the last, what, couple years of getting back to the World Series, or getting to World Series in this case. I say getting back because we think in 03 they should have been there. But they, the thing is, when you lose that window of opportunity, everybody gets scared. Because you never know when you're going to get back up to that level again. Mm-hmm. And for Cub fans, like myself, and many others, we can't wait another 100 years. Can you wait another 15 years? We don't even know when 15 years is going to come up again. Yeah, I'm not sure I could wait another 15 years. i got all kinds of physical ailments. None of them serious just, serious just yet, Rusty. But uh, for me, 15 years might be pressing it. I mean, I'd like to see it in the next couple of years, but yep. they'd have to make some moves, but What's Ricketts going to do? Does he have the money to do it? Mm-hmm. New ownership usually starts slicing that payroll down. Where's that knife? Yeah, the the initial love for the uh, Tom Ricketts family, the new ownership, I think that's worn off, and people are that people are starting to feel. He's a nice enough guy, but people are getting the feeling maybe there's a little bit of uh, uh, Michael McCaskey in a Tom Ricketts. There's a little bit of that again. Nice guy, loyal Cubs fan. You got to like the fact that he was a Cubs fan growing up, but He's not exactly the most charismatic of individuals. He could be slightly annoying. No? Yeah, I'll think about that one. All right, well, think about it over the next 42 minutes and 18 seconds of the time we have left on the show. Uh, Pitchers and catchers have reported, at least for some major league teams, Chicago White Sox, Rusty, don't open up till Thursday. I can't quite figure that out. My uh, first question to you is now that pitchers and catchers have reported, what the hell are the outfielders doing? Oh, they're all working out there. You think so? Oh, sure they are. All right. I mean, they're if not. you can't work out with the team, eh, take a run up Camelback Mountain. 
Get yourself in shape with that. Be a great thing to do. I read where Ryan Dempster took 27. You read this? 27 of the Chicago Cup, minor leaguers and major mm-hmm. leaguers, and they did a, a mountain hiking excursion. Was it Camelback or? Camelback Mountain. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's a good team together in this thing. Yeah, well, he used to do it himself. Now he's got other people to jump on board. Yeah, 27 others. Jump on back. Uh, you know, might as well get on his back and get going. Interesting. Great team building exercise. Bring the team closer together. Minor leaguers, major leaguers, some coaches, some veterans, some young players. You ever see Camelback Mountain? Sat before? around the campfire singing Kumbaya. Um, I don't think I have. You Camelback. can see it from Mesa there, but it's it's pretty Camelback big. Camelback Mountain. That's something you'd be running up every day, you know, like your typical hill outside uh, okay. your house or something. But it's uh, pretty big out there. I've done Phoenix. I've done the drive to Sedona, which is beautiful. That's oh, that's that's, that's incredible. The, I've been that's there. not the Camelback Mountains. No, Camelback. It? No. It's, it's outside of uh, Mesa, I believe. Okay. But uh, so you've it, done the drive to Sedona. Uh, Sedona, yes, I did, I did that about three summers ago. Yes. Yep. Yeah, the, the hardest part about that is not driving off the edge of the mountain. Oh, it's uh, because you're you're looking at the incredible mm-hmm. scenery, and if you look too much, that's if you take the interstate. If you if you go the route when you leave Sedona and go down to Prescott, that's a little bit easier. Okay, I in my seen mind. That. Now, how about have you done Sedona to Flagstaff? Uh, I've actually Flagstaff to, to to Sedona and then down to Phoenix. I've done. Okay, so you've crossed over. Uh-huh. I think what they call the Oak Canyon Bridge. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. It's some of the most beautiful sights you'd ever want to see. If you go into Sedona, and it, it, people say you get the best views you ever see in your life, and they, and they look like postcards. I took some yep. pictures, and I've got yep. some pictures hanging on the wall at home. Yep. Actually, mm-hmm. it's incredible. If, and someone told us when we were there a few summers ago, go go up to the airport, which I didn't even realize there's an airport there. You take this road up this hill straight up, and you're sitting in the airport, which looks over all of Sedona. An airport in Sedona. Mm-hmm. Okay. But this airport is actually up high. It's like the highest point of Sedona. Interesting. Where they land airplanes, and then you can look all over. Might the, not the be the safest airport, but it's the most aesthetically beautiful airport. Yeah. The view is incredible. Mm-hmm. Mountains all across. Yeah. You can see about 80 miles, 100 miles okay. from the distance. As your pilot's heading down to the runway, realizing that there's one plane on the runway and the place only has one ray, the view is incredible as you're heading down in a panic situation. I think there was one run, one runway right through Sedona. That's yeah. it. If you're going to crash, you might as well have a good view on the way down, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> this portion of the program brought to you by the Bureau of Tourism of the State of Arizona, Rusty Silvar, Rustoleum, and the coach with you right up until <laughs> 11 o'clock. Uh, again, pitchers and catchers have reported. Great to be talking about baseball. Five inches of snow coming our way in about three or four days. What other baseball notes we got here? Uh, oh, by the way, uh, we, we should mention an obituary for the weekend. We like to have an obituary of the day, Rusty, but people mm-hmm. just have not been uh, dying on time for this show, so we've had to cancel our obituary of the day segment. Did we have a sponsor for that obituary of the day, Dave? We did, but he died. <laughs> you smartass. Uh, <laughs> Chuck Tanner, mm-hmm. outstanding manager of the Chicago White Side. One of my favorite managers when I was uh, young and impressionable, Rusty. Chuck Tanner passed away over the weekend. It certainly is worth mentioning. Yeah, former White Sox manager. Also, you go back to was the big manager for We Are Family Pittsburgh Pirates. That's right. Where's that song? You should have that. That is right. You should have that ready to be queued up and ready to go mm-hmm. with the big afros underneath mm-hmm. the batting helmets. Uh huh. Little Willie. Oh, was that Willie Stargell? That was that was Willie Stargell. Yes, uh, the late Davey uh, Cash mm-hmm. at second base, great afro. One of the best years that the Pittsburgh Pirates had. In fact, Danny uh, Sandgee in at catcher. It's funny you brought that up because Chuck Tanner was traded. 
That's right. For Manny Sanguin, one of the few times that you ever see a manager get traded for a player. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen often. Yeah. He got fired from the White Sox, and I forget who fired him. It was Roland Hemond or mm-hmm. I don't know who it was, but the boy, he was a solid manager. I always liked him because guy was positive. Good yeah. attitude. He kept upbeat. He had that uh, spirit, that pep some people say in professional sports, you know, that can be overrated and stuff. But Chuck Tanner, I thought he was a pretty cool guy. Always positive, always upbeat. Everywhere he went, he was a, 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 a success story. Yep. He'd be a winner. Yep. And yep. really, when he left the White Sox, that, that hurt that team. Mm-hmm. Of course, they, what did the White Sox get in place to him? They got, uh, what was it, uh, Richie Allen? What, 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 uh, come in the White Sox. I for a trade? A, I don't know if it was a trade, but he was one of the helpers to get Richie Allen to okay. Chicago. So okay. He had a good the, career. One of the greatest peer hitters I ever saw. Mm-hmm. Richie, don't call me Dick Allen. Matter of fact, he was much better as Richie Allen. Once he became Dick Allen, mm-hmm. he kind of was, he, he got he gained weight. He was kind of aged. He took on a bad attitude. Boy, Richie Allen was raw. But boy, was he talented. And there's some people saying he should be in the Hall of Fame these days. I was going to ask you, is he in the Hall of Fame? No, but some people want him there. Well, a lot of that's attitude-oriented. Mm-hmm. Let that be a lesson to you. You want to get into the Journalism Hall of Fame. And again, uh, my good partner, Rusty Sober, a regular contributor to the Daily Herald newspaper. Rusty, for the folks outside the Chicago area tuning into the show, our show is um, via the Internet, heard in not only uh, countrywide, but worldwide. Your voice over the Internet. Two guys in a mic right now being heard in seven Different continents and also parts of a Corpus Christi, Texas. How would they uh, get a hold of some of your writing? How would they be able to read some of your journalistic uh, masterpieces? Well, let's see. They can find me at uh, dailyhero.com. Just look under my name. Pretty easy to find that. Okay. You can also find me um, at wrlr.fm. W-R-L-R.fm. R-L-R. Mm-hmm. Roscoe Len. No, that's Round Lake Radio. Round Lake Radio, very nice. Which we happen to have a show okay. that appears on Saturday mornings. You have a show? Mm-hmm. Called The Sports Corner. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. We've invited a competitor in. Worse yet, you have a show and you have not called me in as a guest contributor. Well, I'm we've hurt. called you. We've I'm called insulted you. and I'm somewhat relieved. We've called you, but you haven't picked up your phone yet. <laughs> All right, when is it? WLRL uh, Saturdays? WRLR.FM, yes. Saturday mornings, 8 Saturday. to 10 o'clock. Eight to two hours. Yes, two hours. Nice. Very nice. What do we talk about? Uh, we talk about national sports, local sports. Okay. It's outstanding. And you're the host. I am the host, along Don't with a, another out. gentleman by the name of Pat Cameron. Never heard of him. Sure, he's an outstanding individual. Get rid of him. I'll be your co-host. Uh, <laughs> within, a, I'll get let, uh, let him go for one more week. I'll give you time to get rid of him. Is Pat listening right now? Possibly. I don't think so. Okay. Just in case he is, he's a wonderful, but we'll wonderful, get you in. We'll get you in. Excellent contributor to the show. I've always enjoyed Pat's work. What's his last name? Cameron. <laughs> Isn't that the guy from Ferris Bueller's Day, Day Off? Yeah, very possibly. The guy who wore the Red Wings uniform? Mm-hmm. All right. 888-463-6748. We'll change topics. Rusty, I know you took lots of news and notes for the show today. Uh, any other baseball thoughts before we move on? One note. Uh-oh. One and note? if you're a Cardinals fan... <laughs> I'm sure you guys talked about this yesterday a little bit. If you're a Cardinals fan. Just for one note. No. Uh, what? If you're a Cardinals fan right yes, now, if Albert Pujols leaves the St. Louis Cardinals, that would be the worst move yeah. in a Cardinals organization could ever, ever do. Well, I'll turn it around and say if you're an organization out there thinking of meeting Albert Pujols' demands of 
10 years, $30 million per year. I'll turn it around, Rusty, and say that will be one of the worst moves that you'd ever want him. As good as he is, 10 years, $30 million per year? There's nobody out there that's going to get a 10-year deal. No. I mean, isn't there a Cub that has an 8-year deal? Was that a worth a deal? I don't think so. Who? Alfonso Soriano. Alex Rodriguez signed for what, 250 mil? Mm-hmm. How many years was that, 10? And that was a couple years ago. Yeah, well, he signed a long term contract. But nowadays, Major League Baseball, they don't want to sign contracts more than five years. Yeah, and I can't blame them. If I'm That's the, the owner. I'm not going to dish out that kind of money. You know, even five years is way extended. But this is, uh, I like the fact that, first of all, you're a Cub fan. And you're taking the perspective of the St. Louis Cardinals, and you're basically saying, hey, Albert Pujols is your guy. He's probably the best overall player in the major leagues right now. They need to, at almost at all costs, avoid getting rid of him. Now, there's going to be a media frenzy Yep. in Florida coming up tomorrow. I think he's expected around noon Eastern time out there, press conference, all mm-hmm. waiting in the wings for a decision, because he will not discuss a new contract. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, Until the end of the season. He does not right. want this to be bothered throughout the year. Either a new contract comes to the table yes. at the start of spring training or nothing at all to mm-hmm. the end of the year. And he will be a free agent at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And how many teams will go after him? I mean, there's talk in Chicago here. He's the next first baseman for the Cubs. I think part of it will depend on how he does this year. Mm-hmm. If he has another great season. How old is Pools? About 30? 29. 29. Still got good, solid four or five years left. I wouldn't go 10. That's stretching but for a first baseman, guy keeps himself in great shape, uh, minimum four or five years. So if he has a great year this year, he'll he'll. I don't think he's going to get ten years, three hundred million, but he'll obviously get a huge contract. If I'm the Cubs, which I can't see it happening, I mean this is like think of Lou Brock years ago, leaving the Cubs to the Cardinals. But I just don't see this happening. But if I'm Ricketts, I go out, I offer him at least five years for a hundred million. Wouldn't Albert Pujols playing first base uh, destroy the development of young Tyler Colvin? <laughs> it is interesting if you think about this, why they signed the Cubs, Carlos Pena, for one year. So you're implying that they have Pujols in the back of your mind. Oh, I'm sure they do. It makes sense, doesn't it? Very interesting. What if Carlos Pujols... Uh, Carlos Pujols. What if Carlos <laughs> Pena has a great year? What if he strikes out less... Hits 35 homers, hits 295, then the Cubs are in a quandary. Because now you got a player coming off a great season. He just played for the Cubs, fan favorite. Could be interesting. Well, we'll see. I like the fact that Pools is saying, hey, I don't like the fact he's demanding, or not demanding, but asking for 10 years, $300 million. I don't like that fact. Stop getting so greedy. You've heard me talk about it before. But I do like the fact he's saying, hey, if it's not done soon, we're just going to forget. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm playing for the Cardinals this year. We'll deal with it at the end of the year. I appreciate that attitude. It'll be interesting because I know Tony LaRusso, didn't he just take a one-year deal mm-hmm. as a manager? Good. That's what they all should be. But how long is he going to last with the Cardinals? Mm-hmm. If you lose LaRusso, Pujols, yeah. what's the Cardinals organization going to be like after, after a, they leave? If I'm an owner of the team, one year at a time, thank you very much. I'm not giving out any long-term contracts. You as a... Journalist for the Daily Herald, have you uh, in recent years gone to your ownership and demanded any long-term contracts? Hmm. Boy, I, <laughs> knock on wood, I, I don't know if I can do that. You're not quite in that uh, leverage no, position just yet. Not right. the way 
journalism is these days. All right, very good. A little baseball talk. Uh, we'll be able to do that from now until the middle of October when the Cubs take on the Tampa Bay Devil Rays for the World Series. By the way, Joel cannot make the October 7th show. Any chance you can join us to analyze Game 3 of the World Series, Cubs and Rays? Uh, let me check my calendar. <laughs> okay. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Rusty, we have a little college basketball to talk about. Number one team in the country. Down goes Kansas. Down go the Jayhawks. we got some other stuff to talk about, too. We'll get off the sports page, and uh, we have dogs to talk about. I heard about this. Are you a big dog lover? I uh, Sort of. Sort of? Sort of. The Westminster Kennel Club's best of show concludes tonight on the USA Network. Very exciting. We'll talk dog shows as well as other topics. When we come back, 888-463-6748. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, take us to a break. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. All right, we're back. TalkZone.com, Two Guys and a Mic. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Talked a little baseball earlier in the show. Let's move on to uh, some other sporting topics. Real quick, though, David, I read this quote. Uh, as Rusty's trying to boot up his computer right now, it looks like the computer is booting up Rusty in that particular one-on-one battle. Uh, from Andre Jide of the Milwaukee Journal, everything that needs to be said, this would apply to like our meetings, our pre-production meetings, our meetings with the Commander-in-Chief Chris Whitting, uh, any office I think can relate to this quote. Everything that needs to be said has already been said. But since nobody was listening, it needs to be said again. That's the smartest thing I've ever heard anyone say about anything. <laughs> How about this now? Speaking of off, you don't read the comics, do you, Dave? I do not, no. Okay, well, there there is a comic strip that's long-running. It's called uh, Dilbert. And he actually, there was a TV show, I think, which faded rapidly. Yeah, animated TV show. He's written a couple of books. Guy's brilliant. Scott Adams, and basically it makes fun of office dynamics, the office atmosphere, particularly the cubicle-type offices. And I don't know if this was going to play over the radio, but this was in Sunday's paper. The boss is meeting with the female and male um, office workers. Mm -hmm. The boss goes, we have to learn to do more with less. Office, The male office worker, you mean less meetings? The boss, no. We're going to need more meetings to figure out how to do with us. <laughs> The female uh, office worker goes, you mean less micromanagement? The boss goes, no. 
I'm going to have to watch you more closely than ever to make sure you're doing more with less. The boss goes, I'm talking about using less money. Female office worker, oh, like a death spiral? Why didn't you just say that in the first place? It's as if you're talking more to say less. Other office workers, should we be more like you or less? Thank you very much. More or less. Scott Adams, Dilbert Comics Strip. Eh, kind of weak. <laughs> and less is more, right? Oh, goodness. 888-463-6748. A phone number if you want to dial in, folks. Talks and sports with us. Rusty Silbar in the house. The pride, if not the joy. The Daily Herald joining us. Rusty, uh, college basketball. and Not a lot of games yesterday. One of significance. Ohio State lost over the weekend. The brand new. Number one team, and how many times does this happen in football and basketball? Kansas finally moves to the top of the standings. They play their first game, and not only do they lose, Rusty, they get lambasted by arch-rival Kansas State. Down goes number one KU. Yeah, was it 84-68, I think it was? Yep. I mean, it, it, it tells me one thing about college basketball. There's not one real good set team out there. There really isn't. I mean, you could probably look in the top 25. And look down that list from 1 through 20 and tell me that one of those 20 teams could be your March Madness champion, mm-hmm. you know, you know, for the NCAA. I mean, it's really true. You really could look down that list right now. And it's great. That's great to have. Because yeah. people that are going to fill out those brackets in about a month from now, we're going to go crazy. A month from now? I already got like four different brackets filled out. I've already four. got my field of the Don't Forget 68 this year. you got to add a couple lines. You know something, Coach? I think you better get your computer out and start doing some mock bracket drafting. I, 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 no, you need oh, I help. thought you were going to say, I'm working on my mock NFL draft as well. I'm down to the Chicago Bears' fifth-round pick, but I got a lot of free time on my end. Rusty, I'm a, basically a very lonely man. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, I'm going to uh, uh, disagree with you a little bit on terminology. You said there's not a lot of real good teams out there, and I don't want to. Well, uh, there's real good teams out there, but there's not one dominant that's team. That's what I wanted yes. Because Ohio State and Kansas and Texas and Villanova and Pitt and Notre Dame, they're really good. But you're right. There's no unbeatable team. There's no dominant team. There's no, It's like if you look at the Big East, you think of you know one of those teams would be really strong. As soon as one team gets hot, another team comes up and steps up and beats them. Mm-hmm. You think Syracuse. You think Georgetown. You think uh, Marquette. You think Louisville. I probably left out a few of them. I, could, I know mm-hmm. those people on the bias East Coast say, hey, what about our team? Believe me. Big East, good conference. Probably the best conference in the league, in the land right now. Hands down. Big Ten, no. I disagree. Yeah. Big Ten's good. Joel will argue with that, but I, I think the Big East. I don't think they're that good. I'll I think the, the Big Ten is overrated. This year? Every year. I would disagree. I think this year it's fairly strong, but I will agree with you on the Big East. In fact, I would go one step further and say, in my recent memory, it's one of the more dominant, one of the better conferences that I can ever remember. I can't say top to bottom because at the bottom is DePaul's and South Florida. Not, well, South Florida's not that bad. But, boy, 1 through 10, 1 through 11, when you got teams like Cincinnati and Louisville, which are pretty damn good teams, at your 10 and 11 spot in the Big East, Rusty, that's a hell of a conference. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you can you can probably argue when they come out with the uh... – the tournament seeds and the teams that get out of that conference, you'll get at least seven, eight, maybe nine yep. teams. Yep. Maybe ten. Yep. I wonder Am I talking what, too much? Ten? I wonder what the record is for uh, teams in a conference. Well, they're going to get Pitt. I thought it was eight, if I recall. Okay. Seven they, or eight. They got a chance to beat that record this year. They're going to get Pitt, Connecticut, 
Villanova, uh, Notre Dame, that's four. Syracuse, although Syracuse has been slumping, but they, they beat West Virginia yesterday. There's five automatics. Marquette, Louisville, Cincinnati might be a bubble team. I'm not sure how they've done recently. We're missing a couple other teams. I think they're going to get at least eight. They should tie the record easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, when maybe you got the, 17 teams in your conference, come on. Yeah, maybe with a chance of beating it. But uh, college basketball has been outstanding this year. I know each and every year, Rusty, people uh, you know get disappointed. Some of the star freshman players, your would-be stars, move on to the NBA. Uh, and people say, well, you know, where's the star power in college basketball? You're going to lose all your great players. It's not going to be as popular with the fans anymore. I think it's as good as it's ever been. And uh, some people say parody is bad, but in this case, I think it's parody, best-case scenario. Now, remember, you need to have 500 or better record in your conference, okay. most likely to get into the NCAA tournament. Our- I was just looking up the Big East right now. There's 11 teams that are 500 or better. Who did we forget? And that's within the conference only. I mean, we went, I'll run down the list. Pittsburgh, Notre Dame, Georgetown, Louisville, St. John's. St. John's, we forgot. They're... You know, Connecticut, Villanova, Syracuse, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and Marquette. All those teams are 500 or better within the conference. West Virginia, I'm gonna, I think Marquette has a better overall than West Virginia and Cincinnati. I don't know if you have that in front of you. I want to say Marquette's body of work is better that they would be in, but Cincinnati. Well, they're six and six, but 15 no, and 10. No, I'm talking about overall. 15 and 10. Mm-hmm. What about Cincinnati and West Virginia? Cincinnati is 19 and 6, and West Virginia go. is 19 and 9. There you go. Forget that. I'm sure the RPI will so all, come into play. All three of those teams mm-hmm. likely to make it. So they're they're going to break the record. They're going to break the record for most teams in a conference in the uh, March Madness NCAA tournament. Still a long way to go. Some good games coming. But, again, number one, Kansas gets knocked off. I did not see the game, Rusty, but apparently uh, I know Kansas had a key player injured, not a star, but one of their key role players, banger inside. But, the boy, Kansas State. And their head coach, what's his name, Frank Lloyd Wright? I keep mm-hmm. confusing him. All I know is down go Kansas, down, out. Mm-hmm. You know, I've tried to watch a fair amount of college basketball. Just they've slipped through my grasp, and I meant to watch it yesterday. was not able to as the TV was uh, being uh, sequestered mm-hmm. by uh, Chuck fans and by Castle fans in my house, which I'm one of them, Castle fan, by the way. So I was not able to watch the game, but uh, Kansas State pulls off the upset. I still have not seen Kansas play all year long. Heard they got the Morris brothers, mm-hmm. right? And another team I haven't seen. I need to watch more Big 12 basketball and probably your new number one team right now, and that's Texas. That's a team that's been stepping up. Have you seen them play? Because I have not. I have watched them once. I've caught them once on national TV. And here's a team that really didn't have much at the start of the year, but they have turned the corner. All right. It's not what you do early in the season. It's what you do now mm-hmm. and into the conference tournament. If not seen Texas play, if we have any listeners uh, who've uh, watched a little Kansas or Texas basketball, you want to inform us a little bit on that. We'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. Just, those two teams have just slipped through my grasp. Again, I've watched a fair amount. As much as I can, anyways, of college basketball. I do know Texas, uh, Rusty, has two outstanding freshmen. That everybody's talking about. They got a kid named Chris Joseph, who appears to be their star. I'm not sure if he's the freshman or the veteran, but uh, he's an awfully good player. But boy, Rick Barnes and company—they had an off year last year. 
mm-hmm. are rare off here, but they are back at abandon. And would you say right now that in the current rankings, if they were taken, they're probably your number one team? Oh, I'd say so. What ten and zero, the Big Twelve, twenty two and three. Mm-hmm. I mean, their only losses are to what Pittsburgh, USC, which I don't know where that came from, um, and their other loss recently was to Connecticut. Not that recent. Which was an overtime. Not that recent, right? Because I thought Texas had a pretty good win streak going. Actually, that was, uh, what, January the 8th. Okay. All right. So over a month. Over a month without losing a game. A little college basketball talk here. Rustolium and the coach with you up until 11 o'clock. 888-463-6748. Syracuse came back to beat West Virginia yesterday. That was a big win for them. It would have been the first time in like 40 years where they would have lost four consecutive. In the Carrier Dome, uh, Rusty, and that that's a place rarely did they lose, let alone two consecutive, let alone four in a row. But they came back and beat the Mountaineer. I don't know if you saw that game or not. I'll tell you one thing. The place to be is going to be that Big East tournament. Coming up in, a, in what, uh, three weeks down the road here? Or two weeks down the road? That's going to be a lot of fun. I Any chance the Daily Herald is sending you no. to cover that? No, I'd like to be out there. That would be a lot of fun. Is the Daily Herald sending anybody? I don't know. Lindsey Woolhoit still the college yeah, guy? he's a college okay. guy. I don't think he'll go there. He'll probably be going to uh, the Big Ten tournament. Okay. That's the closest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Big East tournament, uh, that, that, that would be worth the price of admission. Where do they play that puppy? At Madison Square Garden. Is that at Madison Square Garden? Speaking, speaking of Madison Square Garden, we need to bring up our next topic on the docket here, and that is the Westminster Kennel Club Best of Show. It's all about dogs. Now, I'm not... Totally into it, but every year this event comes up. I bring it up on our sports talk show. I'm fascinated by the event. Rusty, maybe you can help me out a little bit of the aura, but it's, uh, you know, arguably, arguably one of the big uh, sporting events of the year for those that are into it. The 135th running of the Westminster Kennel Club Best of Show. Of those 135, Rusty, how many do you vividly remember? <laughs> I'm counting on my hand right now. Three, four... Really? Did you ever cover the Westminster Kennel uh, Club for the Daily Herald? Uh, no. <laughs> what? I, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm actually looking it up right now to yeah. find information on this, and I have yeah. to go to page two. To page find two. It. Come page on. Page two. Should be page one stuff. David, you're our uh, movie critic. Now, I, I please tell me that you've seen the movie Best of Show. Oh, of course I have. Yeah. <laughs> that was a classic. It was indeed. That was a clip. Fred Willard is the announcer in one of the final scenes. That was that was beautiful. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm <laughs> pulling something up here, and I'm like, name the top breeds. The top bleeds? Breeds. Breed. Oh, breeds. Top breeds. Okay. Top breeds. Okay. That's often best in show. All right. Do you have any idea? Any idea, Coach? You can fill this Me? in. Yeah, top I'll throw breed? it to you. Maybe you know better mean, than I do. You mean currently ranked number one in the breeding rankings? Yeah. Any idea? Well, I would say probably the um, West Terrier, long-time number one. I would say German Shepherd, probably two. And you got to go the uh, always-friendly Lassa Opso at the three spot. I'm shocked. I'm sitting there. I'm shocked <laughs> that he knows this. I am, too. Well, are you going to ask the question or are you going to answer? What is the rankings? I, I, I didn't know there was rankings. Neither did I. Well, they're asking for rankings in here. Yeah, all right. Rusty's typing up. Do the show here and forget the damn computer, will you please? I was just trying to get some help. <laughs> 463. We don't need any help. We make things up when we don't know. 888-463-6748. We got any dog lovers out there, uh, people that have seen Best of Show, the 
sarcastic uh, comedy, so I, and that's somewhat basically making fun of the dog owners out there. Rusty, in your days growing up in honor of the 135th run of the Westminster Kennel Club, either currently or uh, as a kid, did you have a dog? Uh, yes, I did. In fact, uh, what kind? A um, what do you call them? The ones that have the funny looking faces, kind of a Japanese dog. A Shih Tzu? Yeah. Really? I love those dogs. A Shih Tzu. Yep. See, they're a little small for me, though. But they, they were great as puppies. Yeah. I always tell my wife I want to get one of those, and she wants a cat, so we kind of fight over the two. Mm-hmm. Never works. But they're great, great for kids. They're great. Yeah. Uh, they've got the ugliest-looking faces, but yeah. they are fun when they're, when they're puppies. A, not a big Shih If you saw fan. the Puppy Bowl, there was one in there. If I saw the Puppy who? The Puppy Bowl, when the Super Bowl was on. Okay. If you went to Animal Plant, they had their Puppy Bowl. Uh-huh. You know, all the puppies that were out there running around. That was one of the dogs just it. running around. Taking advantage of every dog out there. I need... Uh, yes, sir, Dick. You're not aware of the Puppy Bowl? Uh, I am not aware of, aware of the Lingerie Bowl. I know Bill O'Reilly interviewed Barack well, I, I was going yeah, to bring it back around to that, but um, Animal Planet for the past like five or six years okay. during the Super Bowl... Is it seven? Seven years now. Seven years. Wow. They do something that's called the Puppy Bowl, and it's like, it's like a football stadium-shaped <laughs> kennel, and they just put all these puppies in it, and they run around, and they film them for like three hours. Cool. And it gets huge ratings, huge ratings. Um, but Conan O'Brien earlier this year said, oh, well, this is this is the new competition. They did the lingerie puppy ball. So they had the puppies <laughs> running around in lingerie. <laughs> on the Conan show. Yeah, on the Conan show. Oh, that's show. beautiful. That's beautiful. How are the ratings for that? Hopefully not too high. Oh, yeah, yeah. I worry about the sick, sick people that we have in this society, Rusty. Some of those people listening to our program right now, you have to be, you have to admit, to listen to myself and the big dog and you as our number one fill in now, you have to be a little bit out of kilter. Yeah, you would be. <laughs> a little bit out of it. Come on. You could have said, no, come on, coach. No, I didn't want to argue on this uh, one. I'll just let it go <laughs> for now. So you had a, a shih tzu. Yes. God bless you. We had, uh, we, we, our family now, we have not had dogs for a variety of reasons. Growing up, though, I went through four. We had the Golden Retriever, outstanding dogs. We had the West Terrier. We had the Lhasa Apso, which is sort of like the Shih Tzu. They got they got the kind of hairy front, and they're a little bit small. You just can't. I, I need a dog with a little more meat on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then uh, what the hell was our fourth dog? Oh, a, a Beagle. Mm-hmm. Beagles are cool. Hey, by the way, Beagles are on the list here. Really? Yes. In the top ten uh, rankings? It just says rank, you have to rank them. So, I mean, oh. German Shepherd, we mentioned that one. Mm-hmm. Yorkshire Terrier, do you mention that one? I mentioned West Terrier, which is in the Brookshire family. The Doberman? The Doberman, overrated. I was thinking of a poodle, too. That's, maybe we, that's, that's maybe we should do a, we, we should have a bracket tournament with dogs. Pick I'm sure they'd be barking. Dog. Yeah. A Schnauzer. That's, my, my grandparents used to have a yeah, Schnauzer. That was a good one. I don't like those either. You don't? I'm not a big fan. I don't like Dachshunds either. Give me something with some meat on it. Give me a good Golden Retriever. Little beagle, little German shepherd. What about the bulldog? Bulldog's got too much meat in it. Not a big fan. My next door neighbor has a uh, what are the dangerous things called? Like a like a a rot- com- Rottweiler? Uh, yeah, something like that. Pit bull. I don't think it's yeah. a well, yeah, if it's a pit bull. It's not a pit bull, but it's the next scariest thing to it. And the dog's name is Menace. Well, it's usually pit bull and Rottweilers are the real meat. Might ones. be a Rottweiler. But this dog, and he's trained it significantly. But I still worry. I still worry that he'll have a slip-up at one. I especially worry when my kids were young. But uh, 
Yeah, the dog's name is Menace. Hmm. Not exactly the most comforting thing when you're playing outside. I always saw a couple other dogs that would be good. Pug. What? A pug. A pug is a breed? Mm-hmm. Okay. And a uh, Great Dane. Not bad. Well, I, li- I like the designer mutts. Okay. <laughs> but no, he was talking about the pug, but they, they're, there's a... Uh, pug and a beagle mix, and it's called a puggle. Cool. And yeah, it's really cool because they usually end up having the beagle face but the uh, pug body. Okay. So like smaller beagles are That's really nice cute. Look. That's a nice look. I like that. Maybe we can combine two dogs. You know what I like? I don't know if they're, people don't really have them, but I always thought a Dalmatian would be cool to have. Dalmatians are like horrible dogs to have. Really? Yeah, yeah, because they're... Um, they're not very good with kids, first of all. Uh, number two, they they have a lot of medical problems when they get older, mm-hmm. especially if they're not exercised because they're lean. They're 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 runners, and you need to get them out there and get exercise. And if okay. you don't, you know, most dogs are cooped up in the house all mm-hmm. day. So they start developing problems with their hips. Okay, I know this because like one of my neighbors had a. a More Dalmatian. you describe the Dalmatian is sounding like ex-bear coach Mike Ditka. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. You don't want kids around. Problems with the hip. Not good if kept inside too long. It sounds like Mike Ditka. Well, yeah, because well, yeah, he had all the kids uh, when 101 Dalmatians came out. All the Great kids movie. wanted Dalmatians. Classic. So it, like, jumped up. It was one yep. of the most popular breeds. And then he ended up having all the shelters filled with mm-hmm. Dalmatians because right. hard to take care of. Little dog talk. Rare moment in time, but in honor of the 135th running of the best of show, Westminster Kennel Club. I love watching. It's on USA Tonight. I don't love watching. I shouldn't say that. I'm going to tell you what I love watching, but let me just say it's on USA Tonight. The conclusion of it from 9 o'clock, I believe, to 11 o'clock. I think that's central time, but Rusty, I do, even though I have no idea what's going on, I do like watching the crowd and the fans because those people are just a little bit too into the showing of the dogs, if you know what I mean. Hey, they're letting the dogs out. Come on. Give them a chance. <laughs> All right, moving right along real quick. Chicago Bulls played tonight. They're taking on a team that has given them problems of late, Rusty. The Charlotte Bobcats. Do the Bobcats make it three in a row, or do the Bulls find a way to end that Bobcats particular jinx? Bobcats t- took care of uh, Kobe Bryant and the L.A. Lakers. Last night? Last night. Wow. Big time. Phil uh, Jackson was so excited last night, he gave us six seconds of his post-game speech. That's it. That was it. 109-89. to 89. Lakers were coming off a loss to the Magic, so that's two consecutive. But, boy, the Bobcats. Uh, and they're the team that it's Michael Jordan's ball club. Mm-hmm. He fired Larry Brown, brought in Paul Silas, and all of a sudden bring in a new coach. Did you hear that Michael Jordan's practicing with the team? I did. I did. Are we I, hearing comeback? I heard discussions on radio yesterday of Jordan mm-hmm. Fully committed himself and came back. How many points a game could he average? They said about 15 to 20 That's during halftime. No, 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 I heard the same thing. Yeah. They, they, they figure 15 to 20 points. I don't know who yeah, but during halftime, though. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> David Olson, in your uh, semi-esteemed opinion, if he fully committed, came back right now, 7 points a game, 10, 15, 20? How old is he? 48. He'll be 48 tomorrow. Still 48. in good shape, though. He's in he's in good shape, uh, but his age, he wouldn't be able to drive the rim like he used to because he couldn't keep up with the speed of these younger players. So he'd have to rely a lot on his outside shot. All right, so we'll so go 10, I, I, 10 to 12 again. I would say, yeah, I would say 10 to 12. Dollars. Still pretty good for 
<laughs> for 48 years old. Now, Rusty, you're not, I know you're a basketball insider, basketball aficionado. Your instincts are right up there with the best of them. You're not going to tell us that Michael's thinking of coming back and playing. I don't think he is. I think he's just trying to help out his team. Okay. We're staying in shape for that matter. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, firing a coach has proved very effective because uh, Charlotte Bobcats under Paul Silas, I don't know for sure, but something like 11-3. and three. They've been tremendous, and uh, Rusty, the uh, the Indiana Pacers, fired their coach, Jim O'Brien, uh, you know, three weeks ago, maybe mm-hmm. a month ago. And under their new coach, I forget the guy's name, he was the assistant, interim coach, active coach, whatever you want to call him. They're like 8-2. and 9-2, and two, so, you know, you want to get an initial bump in your standings? Fire a coach. Fire the coach, and uh, maybe he'll turn things around. How Do we know how Utah has done on, uh, under uh, Tyrone Corbone? They've probably only played one game. I think Since he played one, and he lost his opener. They lost. Yeah. Yeah, so much for that theory. So much for that theory. 888-463-6748. Phone number here, TalkZone.com. Two guys in a mic moving right along, Rusty. The uh, NFL owners walked away from the table yesterday, and they basically have uh, put in an unfair labor practice lawsuit against the players. The players arguing back that, hey, wait a minute. This is, we're not in a work stoppage. This is a lockout. It's not a good start to the negotiations. I don't know if you have any uh, insiders serving on that committee, but uh, we're off to a rough start. I don't like anything at all with this. It's um, Ever since last week when they walked away from the players, yep. it was a starting sign that the owners are setting something up where they want to take the CBA collective bargaining agreement in their favor. They don't want to give in. And it's going to be a long haul. It doesn't mean much now, but as time goes on and more distance apart, it's going to be hard to get these guys back together. And it's it's going to be scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, that bargaining contract ends March 3rd. Sure, you don't have much to do with mini camps and, you know, the draft you can push back. But as this time goes on, March, April, May, June, and then when you start looking towards camps coming back, that's when people are going to start going, wait a minute, this season's got to get underway. How about NFL draft and the combines and all that? Does, does that continue? Well, they can have the NFL draft if they do it. They can't sign any players. But they can still do the draft. They could do it, but I think they're going to push it back. That's my best guess. Okay. It'll be a big question when that comes up because you still got, what is that, April? All right. End well, of April, I believe. April, yeah. Well, that'll give me more time to revise my uh, my top 15 left guards in the country. So I've still got a couple of months to revive. I might have more than a couple of months is what you're telling me. you got some time. Okay, because i got a guy from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, that's moving up the rankings here. I like his footwork on the inside run game. Um, all right, so you're predicting a late run for that thing, possibly even delaying? It's possible. I haven't heard anything. But it'll probably still go on, but you can't sign players if they go that route. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that means in May... That means in August we won't have uh, one of the great highlights in all of sports, those little off-season training camps that they got. Yeah, preseason the could be OTAs. delayed. Season could be delayed. I'm not sure if I'm ready for this if I'm a football fan. Hmm. As if things don't get resolved. It doesn't look good right now, but this is only February. Well, me, and, me and Joel have taken the approach, not a problem, because there's still high school football and college football. So it's not like. The sport of, like when baseball went on strike, there was really very little baseball to watch on mm-hmm. TV. I guess college baseball, which is a great sport too. But as long as there's still high school and college football, we still get our fix in the fall. 
You we get miss your, it, no doubt. You, you'll miss it. The fans will miss it, too. You know who's going to miss it, too, and who's going to play a part in getting this done sooner rather than Las later? Las Vegas? TV networks. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The TV networks, because of the massive amount of money they're shelling out for the product, has compared to the as compared to what they were shelling out back in the 80s during the last labor stoppage. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. I think they're talking right now both sides are about $9 billion apart. <laughs> Peanuts. Sounds like our government. Never mind. Yeah, Barack Obama just came out with the uh, <laughs> proposed budget this year, too. I was going to bring that up, but we're running out of time for that. So, Well, David, they say TV controls sports, and whoever they is, I think is right. TV controls the schedule. TV controls uh, some of the playoff pairings and stuff. So I mean, what you're saying is TV might. Right, right, right. And look, as I, you've got ESPN, you've got Fox, you've got NBC and CBS all standing to lose a lot of money if there's a work stoppage. So you got to gotta consider that, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have their own coalition, uh, they, and then they might bring the groups back together. Interesting. Well, not bring the groups back together, but force somebody's hand. Okay. And by somebody, I mean the owner's hand. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Playing out like a soap opera, Rusty. Playing out like a detective story. All kinds of little angles going on, but it seems like the consensus is, it's not going to be a short story. It's going to be no, long. It's going to go long. Okay. Hope we're wrong. I, I hope There's I'm a, wrong, always too. Always a chance. Hope we're wrong, but it doesn't look good. All right, Rusty, we've got to wrap up the show. Any uh, final comments? And, again, thank you for coming in, my friend. Well, thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. All right. And, again, if people want to uh, read your material, it's dailyherald.com. And uh, plug the radio show one more time. And that is Sports Corner, WRLR.FM, Saturday mornings, 8 to 10. And I'll be appearing this morning at what time? This morning or Saturday? Saturday morning. Uh, 8 to 10 o'clock. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Please don't be late.